Welcome to another episode of Boys Don't Lie the Podcast. We have a special, special edition of the podcast today. Obviously, today's episode, as always, brought to you by Anchor. You can, I mean, one click of a button, Anchor will put all your stuff out. Spotify, Apple Music, you know where to find us at. And that's all due to Anchor. So if you guys are looking into getting into a podcast or anything like that, Anchor is the way to go. One step, one click of a button, and you're on seven different apps. Uh, it's, it's that simple, and I don't even need to say that much more about it. So... Today we have a special episode. We're bringing in a special guest today with us, Ryan Hennington, number five, K-State football. So how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Owen. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm happy to have you here. Um, I'm excited to talk some football with you. I haven't done, I haven't been able to do a player interview in a while, so I'm nervous, but I'm excited. So, um, so kind of just give us kind of the lay of the land, give us a background, kind of where you're from, and then how you ended up at Junction City High School, I think is where we'll start at. Sure. Well, I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm an only child. I spent probably the first 10, 11 years of my life there. Then um, family just moved out to Junction City, Kansas. We had family there and a couple of opportunities for my parents to work. And We came out there in fourth, fifth grade for me and um, kind of the rest was history, I guess. Okay. Um, and then where did so where did the football career kind of start for you? So some kids start playing in like second grade. I know I only started like in middle school. So where did it start for you? Sure, I was actually a part of a pretty cool program in Albuquerque. I started in the second grade, and when I got to Junction City, I was able to pick up with the Junior Jays program, which is actually kind of like a little satellite program that Coach Zimmerman oversees, and it's a really good program. Von de Guzman also runs it. So the Junior Jays program into the middle school into the Junction City High School. Okay. Okay. Um, was there any like big influences that started you like that you kind of started pulling from to play football early in Albuquerque? Like, was your dad a big sports guy or anything like that? Um, just kind of one of the things my parents signed me up for, I guess, when I was too young to decide for myself and mm-hmm. instantly loved it. I played all the sports. I don't know, as a little guy, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, but my heart was always different for football. Okay. Did you did you play any other sports in high school as well, or was it kind of once football was the thing, that was kind of the thing? Sure. I mean, I think I had that phase, you know, in elementary and middle school where I thought I was going to go to the NBA, kind of like most people. Yeah, so. yeah. And we all have those dreams. Sure, so I can't yeah. blame you there. Yeah. No doubt. So go through that. Um, played baseball a little bit, played basketball. Once middle school rolled around, ran track. I was absolutely awful at that. I was too, yeah. I can't. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I don't know. They put me in the mile, the mile race. Oh, I feel so bad for you. I think I literally came last in the mile, and I went home, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, stuck to football. Um, when high school rolled around, I played basketball for a year, played baseball for a couple of years, but um, my heart was all, honestly always in football. Always in football? Yeah. How, how early of an age do you think where you kind of were like, all right, well, this is the one. Like, this is the sport for me. Um, I don't know. Uh, there wasn't what, like a moment yeah, or anything. Sh- where sure, not really. I mean, just I don't know why. I just grew up watching my dad uh, watching the game, and I always played with my family, and mm-hmm. just had love for the sport. And you looking back on it, I wish I would be able to say that I love baseball more because mm-hmm. I think I was naturally a lot talented, a lot more talented yeah, at baseball. Okay. Um, just didn't like the game. Didn't didn't like sitting there waiting for the ball to come to you. I'd rather have the ball in my hands. Yeah, so. yeah, I understand that completely. I, I was the same way growing up. Baseball was one thing that I liked playing, but it was like it's just the action sure. of, of football and and being there every play and play out. So, um, so you got up here. You go through the the junior Jays program. You get to high school. Quarterback your whole career in high school. 
Kind of, is that what you played growing up? Quarterback as well? the entire career. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, my first year of football. Now that I think back on it, I was center. Ooh. Okay. And middle linebacker. Okay. Okay. Which, you know, it's funny how I'm, I'm a linebacker now at K State, and I was a linebacker to start. So how, how my career kind of came full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. But I was a quarterback all at Junction. Um, never even touched the defensive side of the ball in high school. Did you touch any special teams at all in high school at all? None, none at all. Okay. Uh, the only thing I did was my freshman year on, I think I was the holder of the varsity team or something like that. Gotcha, like okay. One of the backup quarterbacks, but that's it. Okay. Um, so, kind of run me through, you know, freshman team, obviously. Were you the starting quarterback for the freshman team? Yes, I was, okay. I think I was starting freshman, starting JV too, and then... Um, We'd get some action in varsity kind of when we were up by 50. So just gotcha. very limited The reps. garbage time stuff. Exactly. Gotcha, okay. Um, were you, was that kind of the expectation coming into high school where you're like, this is this is where I want to be, this is where I should be at? Or how did you kind of – what was your mindset going into high school as, as a quarterback? Well, I think eighth grade going into high school, that summer I took a really big leap because I understood the opportunity that was in front of me. And I really wanted to excel. So that's when I really hit the weights hard. I mm-hmm. really took the playbook to the next level. My preparation, my training, and I started going to quarterback coaches all over. Uh, literally everything from watching YouTube videos to throwing every day. And when I was starting as a freshman, you know, that was satisfying, but I wanted to be varsity. So mm-hmm. then again, after my freshman season, I felt like I took another step forward and took it to a whole new level to put myself in a position to be ready to play varsity as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my mindset was. Okay, so sophomore year, obviously, you get in. We're you know, four or five games deep. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the Manhattan game. Um, starting quarterback goes down. Yeah. Opportunity arises, but not quite. Sure. So I got some action way early in the season my sophomore year against Highland Park. I scored a touchdown. Um, but I didn't quite win the starting job. There was a guy in front of me, Tanner Luker, who was a great quarterback, had a great career. But Manhattan game – he tears up his shoulder one of the last plays. But I was coming off an ankle injury, I think, in a JV game, like a bad ankle injury. And I didn't go in. And um, we didn't win the game. But after that, I was able to nurse up my ankle. And I started four games after that. We went into districts. So we faced Wichita Southeast, East, North. And then I believe Wichita West was the first round of the playoffs. I was able to start those four games. I went 4-0 as a sophomore. Then... Our final game was against Lawrence Free State. Um, Tender had came back. He was able to kind of get his shoulder to a, a state where he could do a little more. And he was doing a little bit of receiver and um, quarterback. I mean, he was he was tough as nails for coming back like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't win that game against Free State. They were a much better team. I think they competed at the state level a lot better than us that year. And they had some D1 talent on their team. Mm-hmm. But that's how our sophomore year finished up. So how did how do you feel like that those those four or five games kind of like did they, was that like kind of setting the table? You kind of got a taste, and you're like, all right, well, I've made the two jumps now, going into freshman and going into sophomore year. I've tasted this light. I'm like, now I want it even more. Right? Yeah. I, I well, I remember going back to those games like against Wichita East is my first home start, and. The coaches were hesitant to kind of give me the keys to the offense. You know, we were really mm-hmm. conservative running the ball. I just remember coming off after our first possession, I was just shaking so bad. I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. But like you said, after the season, my confidence was just through the roof. And I, I knew I was past the stage of, okay, I want to be a starter. Then my next thought was I want to take this team to a state championship. Yeah. So I was 
extremely ready, extremely motivated, and I just knew that I had to take my body to the next level. Okay. So walking into junior year, what was kind of like set the stage for everyone? Like how how did the the team look in the quarterback room? Like was it kind of your job to lose at that point, or did you actually you know did you have to come in and put in that extra work again? Obviously you did because you can't you can't slack in the offseason and expect to make that state title game. So did you have to come in and put that extra work in for the job as well? Well, I wouldn't say that I just had the job. Um, I think everything's a competition, but. Mm-hmm. I think looking back on it, I wouldn't say this in the moment, but looking back on it, the way I worked and the way I went about my business, that I it was my job, it was my team. Mm-hmm. I took over as a leader and I just knew, you know, like I wasn't I wasn't worried about oh the guy next to me, more so I was worried about how are we gonna compete deep in the playoffs. Gotcha, okay. And I, I I don't know, it it just was like I'm not trying to say it in a cocky way, but I just feel like I was kinda of my team. I took over yeah. and it, because people look at it that way, and it's nothing. It's nothing against you, but sometimes you have to. You take that mindset. You know, if you take the "I'm going to be the leader of this team" mindset, it kind of skips over a step. But if you feel that confidently about yourself, like there's a difference between confidence and cocky. So I don't think you sound right. cocky at all. Right. But I, I agree with you. Yeah. Right. And I think you know, probably looking up to the first game, I was like, well, you know, what if I don't perform my best? But our first game, I remember my junior year, we played Highland Park, and I had like four touchdowns in the first half and had a really good performance and I was like all right this is my team now let's right roll now, yeah and then, settle the nerves a little bit the butterflies are gone right right all right so how did how did how did that season progress for you kind of game by game do you remember kind sure of- well first off we had a great team we were loaded with talent I would say we were probably the most talented team in the state and I truly believe that looking back on it today um the most talented team so we played Emporia we played the Topeka schools and we were doing really well. Um, you could probably pull up the game by game schedule. Yeah, uh, we went down to Emporia. We're we're being teams by 20, 20, 30, 40, 50 points. There was a couple close ones, mm-hmm. um, but it came to Manhattan and we were undefeated. I think we were one and two in the state, and we were playing them at home in Junction, and it was packed, and the atmosphere was crazy. Before before we get into this game, sure. Now, obviously, me being from Derby, also a big football school, we have our rivalries. Kind of set the stage because even for me, I'm not 100 percent as educated as I should be. What is that Manhattan Junction City rivalry like? From from, I mean, obviously, so you said you moved in probably fourth or fifth grade. You got yeah. to Junction City, so you were able to experience kind of it before you got where right. your cleats were in the game. What does that rivalry kind of look like from the outside and also from once you're on the field? Well, I think from the outside, you have to be there to experience it. It made ESPN's top 100 high school rivalries in the nation. It's just a huge game. Thousands of fans show up. They bring in extra bleachers. Uh, People from Junction are hostile. People from Manhattan are hostile. It's a good time. It's something so fun to be a part of. So... Look, I always looked up to that game, the Manhattan game. That was the circle on the schedule. That was it. Yes. That was the the KUK State. That was the epitome of rivalries Mm -hmm. and... Um, it was it was just actually to be a part of it was something really special. And I think actually looking back my junior year, we were actually playing Manhattan in Manhattan, mm-hmm. not at Junction City. But gotcha. Correction. So how did that? So it's kind of set the stage going into that game. Were you nervous at all? Obviously, that was your first start in that game, that rivalry. Was there any butterflies, or this was just another game where zero and zero going into this? How did you feel? Oh, I remember it was kind of a cold evening, and I just remember I was ready to go. Um, 
looking back on it, the game plan wasn't structured too much around me. Mm-hmm. We had a couple other wrinkles, and I don't know if it went according to plan. Mm-hmm. We we. It's always hard to look back and yeah, try to figure no, that part out. Yeah, I actually remember it. I, I don't even know if I I didn't play a good game that year. Not a good game at all, but. I remember we had some defensive guys that made some big plays. Ray Wilson, our running back, made some big plays, and we were able to sneak out with the win. And mm-hmm. that's all that mattered. We beat Manhattan that year, so gotcha. Yeah. And just holding up the silver trophy at the end of the game on their M that was a really special moment. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, any time that you can win in a rivalry game like that is always something that you look forward to. Just the chance to play in that game is something you talked about how special that is. So I can imagine. To go in onto their home turf, win it, and celebrate on their logo is something that's even better. And I apologize for the Manhattan people that are listening at home, but you gotta you gotta take those wins when you can get them. Right, you, know? right. you, you can't always celebrate that way, so you gotta make sure you take. Yeah, I play with a lot of Manhattan Indians, and I've played with them at K State, so it's nothing but respect. They're yeah. they're good people because they've gotten their own on oh, their yeah. home turf as well. It's always a good game. It doesn't matter. Whether Junction City's having a great year or Manhattan's having a great year, that's going to be a great game between the two. Gotcha, yeah. So, so kind of, I mean, you're going through the year. So this is your junior season. Was this your undefeated season, correct? Going yes. Season? Yes. Okay. Um, how, did, how did that year kind of wrap up for you guys, for yourself individually and as a team? So I think we were 9-0, 10-0. We just beat Hutchison in the playoffs, and we were going to face Derby at home. Mm-hmm. I think they were... We might have been the number one seed, or they could have been the number one seed. I'm not I can never sure. remember. People yeah. always ask me that, too. Let me put it this way. We were one and two, yeah. and the winner of this game was going to go on to win the state championship because the east side of the bracket wasn't as strong that year. Mm-hmm. And it was a decent game. I think my stats, I we lost by you know two or three scores in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had, I don't know, two touchdowns and a pick. You know, not the best game ever. But I remember, oh, shoot, I remember Derby had the ball, and it was like third or fourth down, a big stop. The game was about tied or very close to that. And they threw a pass across the middle, and one of our safeties knocked the ball out, causing a fumble. And another Derby player picked it up and ran it probably 50 yards for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And that was a really deflating moment. Yeah. But I just remember thinking the entire game, like, Derby was a well-coached team. Yeah. They were – not going to make a mistake. They weren't going to beat themselves. They were tough nose. But I was like, we're so much more talented. So it was frustrating. They they ended up winning the game. Um, and it put a sour taste in my mouth for that year. But it, it was something to learn from, definitely. Well, that's I feel like that's that's one of those key things. And it's obviously, it's easy for me to sit on. I was probably on the, I don't ever remember. Shay asked me all the time, like, mm-hmm. were you at that game and everything? I can't remember. I was a sports editor of the yearbook at the time. I was at most of the games. But I think that's... It's the beauty of the game. Like, you can't – you don't really understand what winning is and what, you know, like how a win feels without those sour tastes every once in a while. Sure, you know? like, sure. So, it's – like I said, it's very easy for me to sit here and say that, but I feel like that's that's part of the game and how it goes. So, going into senior year, obviously, mm-hmm. sour taste in the mouth. Did that motivate you kind of going into senior year? Yeah, no doubt. Um it was hard because our team was so good and we were losing a lot of key players. So mm-hmm. I knew I needed to step up. So I went out for track and I was training with the track sprinters. Mm-hmm. And we had some really competitive guys, you know, Javon Baldwin. Tamarche Mason was actually the 100-meter state champ. And I was running next to him every day, just training. And funny story, like our track coaches just came forward and like, hey, you can throw a football, come throw a javelin. So I threw a javelin for a little bit. I wasn't any good at that. But, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
You always have those testing moments. Yeah, sure. I was the same way growing sure. up. Yeah, but pumped up. Was ready for senior year. Went to senior year, and uh, you know, thought I took the next step to prepare myself for the season to carry the team even more. Okay, so going into senior year, were you looking at like this is these next nine ten games? This is what I'm focused on, or were you looking forward to college at any point at that time? Was that was that a real thing for you of starting for a D one? program at all or kind of how what was your mindset in that respect yeah the entire recruiting process was so frustrating um you know I had a lot of looks going into senior year KU K-State Northern Iowa there's shoot what other schools Oklahoma State was in the mix um but it was frustrating because I couldn't get the offer I wanted Mm -hmm. and usually they offer around your junior year and I had all the JUCOs I had all the JUCOs in Kansas so that was comfortable but I wasn't sure if I wanted to go JUCO. I wanted to go to a four-year right away. Gotcha. So at one point, I was like, you know what? I'm not worried about college. Let's just go ball out senior year. And looking back on it, that was probably the best plan for me. I think 100%. Like, I think I'm glad you took that mindset. I think that's probably the best way to, to handle things. And I think that's when it comes to life in general. If you chase goals themselves, like if you chase like, I want to be the starting quarterback at this program – it's hard to sometimes reach those goals because you're so focused on this big picture thing that you're missing all these minor goals along the way. So I think that's a big thing. And I think it shows a lot of maturity at a younger age as well to, to be able to sit there and do that. So going into your senior year, kind of take us to the first four or five games. You get to the Manhattan game again. How is, how is it kind of playing out for you game by game? Shoot. Let me think about it senior year. Um, I can't even remember who we started the season. I think that's the right oh, one. Sure. So – Emporia won that game. Really good game. That was probably one of my most efficient games as far as passer rating. Then we played Topeka at home. That was actually that was televised on state TV. Mm. And that was when my recruiting really picked up senior year, caught a second win because I rushed for 240 against them. Mm. And we beat them, I think, like 26-21 or – Yeah. Yep, there you go, 26-21. Right um they were a pretty good team, and we were able to beat them. And, like, before then, no one knew I could run the ball. I was only a passer, you know. I had, yeah, you were – I probably I've, had, like, negative rushing yards on my stat book. Yeah. And then I, I would run for a 240 on, on TV. And, you know, so many people, like, I kind of blew up on Twitter that night, and people, like, were DMing me and everything. And mm-hmm. um, that kind of took off. And we, we weren't as good as a team senior year. We had interesting games. You know, we had no problem with Topeka West. Washburn rule – we played them in Topeka. We actually won that game on a Hail Mary. I mm. think that Johnny Jones, one of my shout out, one of my old receivers. Um, <laughs> crazy game. We shouldn't have won. We played terrible, but we did. Played Highland Park. Didn't have much trouble. Then we got to Manhattan. Of um, course, back around to the rivalry game again. Yeah. So this was actually the game that was in Junction. Mm-hmm. That was off the hook. Yeah. I remember I was just talking so much smack at the time. I was just, you know, little eighteen year old kid. You gotta know. live in the moment though. Oh, yeah. Like we talk about how big this rivalry game is. I don't think anybody else can expect any less. Right. You know, like this is this is as big as it gets for being a high school quarterback in Junction City, Kansas. This is the game. Right. You and know. They were definitely talking to the stands like before the game. I just remember I'm warming up and they're just just they're, they're chirping, chirping, and I'm listening to them I'm like, All right, all right, let's go, let's go. And uh, I remember before the game I was across from the Manhattan quarterback, and I told him this story. That's why I share it. Um, his name was Ian Trapp, really good player. Went on to play at Washburn. Mm-hmm. I just remember looking at him, and I was just chirping at him right in front of the refs. And 
Probably a little too much turpin looking back. I was just, <laughs> just young and naive. Well, like you said, though, like you got to live because you can't go back and play that game now. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I, I don't think anybody can blame you for that. Sure. Yeah. And that was one of my better games in high school. K State was there. Um, Army West Point was there. Mm. Um, Oklahoma State was watching. KU was watching. And I had a really good running game. Mm-hmm. And this is what kind of that game itself was one of the reasons I played college football because. I think I rushed for, I don't know, 280, 290 that game. Whew. Really good. I, I yeah. had, you know, a couple touchdowns, and I had a big interception at the end of the game, which I wish I could get back, literally still to this day. To this but, day, yeah. Um, I just remember after the game, K-State reaches out. KU offers me. Army offers me. Like, literally in the span of, like, did 24 you, hours. Did I you feel like it was a snowball effect once the first one came? Yeah. Everyone else was like, all right, well, if they're willing to do it, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, Oklahoma State reached out, and I was down in Stillwater on a, um, a visit, like, the next weekend. It was it was pretty cool, you know. I was, like, so so humbled. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was, you know, so mad that we lost. And the next week, it was pretty cool. We actually got to play a Missouri team, mm-hmm. which I have a lot of Missouri buddies. Yeah, Gateway STEM, or Gateway Tech, mm-hmm. this STEM Institute. They were from downtown St. Louis, and they were very talented, had some great players. But we met them in Lansing, and we were able to fare pretty well against them. You played um, on a neutral field? Yeah. That's kind of cool. In yeah. Kansas City, yeah. It's always fun to do. Or Leaven, like Leavenworth area, I guess. So mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Then uh, played Seaman, beat them. We, uh, then we went to the playoffs, Wichita West. They were a really good football program that week or that year, excuse me. Then we went down to Hutch, and I feel like we were really gaining momentum. I remember our offense was dynamite, one of the top-ranked offenses. I mean, you're going into the playoffs sitting at 8-1 and one at the time. Yeah. So yeah. with that one loss being to Manhattan, obviously, definitely not a bad loss right. by, by any stretch of the imagination. So obviously expectations are high. How did how did that kind of play out going so, into that Hutch game? Because Hutch is always, for anybody that knows high school football, yeah. Hutch is another one of those teams that whether they're 1-6 on the year or they're 6-1, and one, this is the team that's going to come out and they're going to fight for, for four quarters. See, we knew that, and in the back of my mind, I had the taste of derby in my mouth. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking derby, derby, derby. And we get to Hutch, and offensively, we did really well. We ran like 34, 35 plays. I don't even know how many points we scored. Mm-hmm. But 30, it was in the 40s, I'm pretty sure, yeah. But 30 plays to score 40 points or how many ever is ridiculous. Really good. The efficiency of that offense is insane, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I, I remember they were running a 3-3 stack defense. I remember it like it was yesterday. We ran – first play of the game was a speed option, and I was – this is super technical, nerdy football. But the defense, I'll take it. Defensive <laughs> end, who was a four-tech, we expected him to slant to the B-gap, and we expected outside linebacker – to go outside. So I was, we were in a speed option. I was going to pitch off the outside linebacker. Well, the D end and the linebacker both jumped outside. Mm-hmm. So I got tackled for a loss. And um, I was just, I told our coach, run it again, run it again, run it again. Because I knew that left the B gap open. No one's in the B gap. So I, I go to my left guard. His name is Devin O'Neill. I said, I need you to climb, get the middle linebacker, and I'm out. I'm out the gate. Gone. Literally, I say this, we're calling play. You know, I, we, I was called trips left, 19 option. I want to one. Boom. We run up to the, run up to the line. I was like, Devin, climb, climb, get the mic, get the mic, 33, mic 33. You know, and I knew that they were going to run the same defense. Mm-hmm. I knew that they had game plan or option. So, say hi, get the ball, take two steps out, boom, cut. I'm up the up the middle for 60 yards. Get tackled on the one yard line. Ah, oh, always tackled on the one yard line. I'm a slow guy, but so um, painful. So did you feel like kind of that working out in the offseason and doing track your junior year kind of helped 
expand that part of your game a little Oh, lot. for sure. When I walked into Junction City as a 13, 14-year-old kid as in high school, I was probably running like a 5, 6, 40. You know, like <laughs> I'm not like that. I, I, you know, I'm appreciative of the skills and talents I have, but I worked for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And now when I left, I was running low 4, 6. So wow. track definitely helped. Yeah, I, I feel like, and obviously you talked about you know, you have a state champion sprinter. Obviously, Javon Baldwin went to Butler. I was able to watch him play, and I think you definitely had some solid mentors going, sure. going through the time frame. So, yeah, we had we had really talented players. Javon was a great, great player. He scored several touchdowns that game. Um, he actually got hurt that game, tore up his knee. But mm-hmm. we ended up losing to Hutch. Got upset, which was crazy because their starting right tackle was Josh Revis, mm-hmm. who was Kansas Gatorade Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Ended up being my roommate at Kansas State, so wow. you know, he still gives me crap to this day about that game. I wish yeah. I could get it back because they, I mean, hats off to them. They won, but I think we were the better team. And mm-hmm. um, but oh well, it's high school football. I'm not, you know, I've closed the yearbook. But yeah, I feel it. I understand. Yeah, it's a lot. I feel like I don't know. Sometimes it's easier to close the yearbook once you get to college and you're playing at another level. And maybe for some people like myself, I didn't play college football at all. So it's sometimes easier, sometimes harder for me to close the yearbook as well. Right. So, and when it comes to playoffs, though, like people will say that, but it's just, you never, never are you going to get to play another high school football game right. or another playoff high school football game. You never get to play that Manhattan rivalry. So right. for anybody that says that, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. You, you know, you live what you want to live right. at the end of the day. So, so, you know, you wrap up senior year, obviously another, you know, a sour note. How did the recruiting process go, and then how did you end up at K-State? Yeah, so the recruiting process, again, was frustrating. You know, I had Army reached out and said, you have, like, a week to decide. Wow. And that's, that's kind of how it works. People don't understand that. Like, the offer, it's not like they're going to leave that offer on there forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't ready to join the military yeah. with school because, you know, Army, it's you don't get like a car to like your junior year, and it's you know you're up at five thirty a.m. every day, and it's pretty tough. You gotta go through like basic training. That's like extra. Yeah. Like See, football, football is something you do on the side there. Yeah. When I wanted to go to like a four year at home, you're taking yeah. a, instead of like going to be a college athlete and a student, you're going to be a in the military and and be a college athlete with second. And I think we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Like being a college athlete is takes a lot of time out of your day already. So if that's the second thing on your agenda, that's definitely a stressful schedule to have. Right. And even though I was, you know, cordial with them, I appreciated it. I just told them, you know, I think I'm moving in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And I thought Oklahoma State was going to come through. Um, KU was talking to me. And it's actually funny, before my senior season started, K-State reached out and they said, well, they they invited me to camp that summer. They reached out before my senior year, like, one of the first practices and they said you know we're uh, we're actually moving in a different direction we're not going to recruit you anymore mm. so uh, my coach told me that and I was like you know it's okay K-State's out the picture no worries still got other D1s I wasn't too worried about it honestly I was like oh well um, they were at the Manhattan game though mm. so then they, that's where they re-spurred my recruiting they're like we got to get this kid somehow so KU was probably my main school. I was like, people don't know this, but they had offered me an opportunity to play there, and I was dead set on going to KU. Mm-hmm. And it was middle of January, and I get the call. Well, they actually told somebody else close to me, and they relayed the info that they got a quarterback from JUCO in Washington, mm. and they weren't going to recruit me anymore. 
Wow. And they were dropping me. And this is two weeks before signing day. And, wow. You know, I had Juco's. Butler was on the table. It, really, Butler was my only contender for Juco. I wasn't going to go anywhere else because I really respected Butler and the program yeah. and the coaches. It's definitely a historic program. That's it is. the one thing that you can't dis- debate about Butler. Yeah. It is very historic. And I went down to Butler on a visit. Um, and I just wasn't sure if I was going to play football anymore. I was like, you know, I can go Juco. I can go this path. or I can go to school and enjoy it. And I think I was wavering on the side of like not playing football anymore. And probably a week before signing day, Sean Snyder, Bill Snyder's son, comes to the high school and says, are you doing anything? And I was like, well, you know, I have this, this, and this on the table, D2s, uh, JUCOs. And I tell him, um, I'm not really doing anything. I really don't know. And he's like, well, we want we want you on the team. Mm. We want you on the team. We just don't have a scholarship for you right now, but we yeah. want you to come. Will you come to Manhattan? I'm like, right then. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yep. Yes, sir. What do I say? Here we are. <laughs> So that was a crazy moment, just mm-hmm. expressing that to my parents. I like, man, like K State finally came through, um, and it, it's going. I'm going to be a Wildcat, and they were just ecstatic. So, so how like gratifying did that that experience feel? Like looking back on it now, looking where you are, like you have Coach Snyder in the building personally. He's like, we want you here. We don't have a scholarship, but mm-hmm. I want you on this team. Right? How did that? Like, can you try to put into words at all, like, how that feels? Well, it was great because throughout my entire recruiting process, you know, this is four or five years ago. I'm reaching back in the archives. But throughout my recruiting process, I was just thinking, like, you know, all these schools have me on visits. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, texting me. They're calling me. They're sending me the stuff. But, like, no one's pulling the trigger on me. Like, somebody just take a chance on me. Take a chance. I remember one D2 that I really wanted to go to in Kansas – I reached out to him, like, coach, like, take a chance on me. Like, you won't be let down. Like, I promise you, you won't. Like, there's nobody like me. And they offered somebody else. Wow. And I was just like, all right. Like, I was like, I don't get it. I don't Those get it. motivating experiences for you? Oh, you yeah, feel no, like? yeah. Like, I just didn't. Like, I, at the time, I just wanted to quit. You know, I was like, you know, you know forget football. Well, that's the but, natural yeah. That's yeah. the natural human response, yeah. But I was just like, I don't get it. You know, it's not. This kid doesn't have size. This kid doesn't have the stature, the athleticism, the numbers. I mean, like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's just, I, I didn't, and I the fact that, that K State yeah. was able to say, "Hey, come play," uh, you know, it was a dream come true, and it was really exciting. Were they bringing you in to play a quarterback? Like when he was there talking to you? Yeah, so I, I got recruited as a quarterback. So people don't understand, uh, I wasn't going to go to my first camp because they had, we had about 140 players on the team, mm-hmm. and many of the freshmen don't go to your first camp, true freshmen, because like you're the red shirt, so you have five years to play four seasons. Yep. Um, wasn't going to camp as a quarterback. I was okay with that. You know, I knew my role. I knew I was going to be a scout team player. Like, I wasn't. That's the natural freshman life. This yeah, is like especially, chose going to a especially in Bill yeah. Snyder, especially with Bill Snyder and um, you know, kind of like the his legendary coaching staff. Like, you knew it was a hierarchy, and you had to work your way up. Like, you yeah. had to be extremely good at football to play right away. So, you know, two days before camp, I think I'm like at the lake or something with my parents, and Coach Colin Klein calls me and says, Ryan. You know, you've been doing great in the workouts this summer. We want you at camp. We don't have a spot for you at quarterback. Come play receiver. Come use your athleticism. I'm there, coach. I'll see you there. Boom, I'll show up. I'm playing receiver. Never played receiver a day in my life. I wasn't any good at it, but they understood that. They just wanted me in the offense. They're around 
Um, it helps to be in the building, if nothing else. You know, yes, like, yeah. The experiences, and I learned so much, and I became such a such a better football player. And receiver's tough, you know. Like you got to be built different for that. Like literally, I know it's the expression, but yeah, um, I learned so much, and really nothing happened my redshirt year. I stayed pretty much as far away from the field as a anybody could, could be. Yeah, but what that experience did was next season my um, my redshirt freshman season I had already been in um, I'd already you know done special teams been around the I, offense a lot yeah I've been around the offense I understood it so first game I was starting as a freshman on special team which was really good I thought at the power five level yeah it definitely is yeah and I remember first game against South Dakota I'm running down there on kickoff as a quarterback still and, it's definitely weird yeah. to look at because yeah. that's why I was talking to Shay. I'm trying to figure out. I was like, you just don't see quarterbacks on special teams often, right? Yeah, unless you're the holder. Like it was unique. I remember my first game. I got a tackle, and I was number eight at the time. And the the announcer was like, "Tackle number eight." Uh, he kind of like hesitated, and he ended up calling another number eight, who was a cornerback on the team, because he was like, "Why would a freshman quarterback get a tackle?" It's true. I, I would like, do this. I would do the exact same thing. Sure, as the sure. Answer, yeah. So that was that was kind of funny. Um, I was able to play against South Dakota. Who who else was it? We played Mississippi State. It was another non conference, and then UTSA. I think UTSA might have been our second game. Um, and then. We got that's the year Jesse Urch was the starting quarterback and he got hurt. He tore up his knee and he was a, another tough dude, but he was trying to battle through injury. So I moved up the rank on the quarterback depth chart mm-hmm. and they pulled me on special teams. They said, Hey, you need to be ready at quarterback. And that was kind of the Alex Delton, Skylar Thompson show, kind of a battle between them. So I was, wasn't ready, wasn't good enough to be ready, but I was in line, and they needed me healthy just in case. Just in case. Push, push push up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what happened. But um, so that was all freshman year? Or that, that, was, that was that was my true freshman and redshirt freshman year. Redshirt freshman year is when I stopped playing special teams for a little bit. Gotcha, yeah. And then I think Snyder's staff retires at the end of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And it's um, when climbing staff came, comes in. Mm-hmm. Totally new offense. More, more of a pro-style offense. Gotcha. Yeah. So before we 100% get into that, like how does it – because I I hear the debate all the time. I'm a big sports guy. Obviously, you listen and you talk about it. Like people talk about how coaches can up and leave. You know, players have to enter the transfer portal. What is it like personally for you? Like how would you kind of describe your experience? You were recruited by one coaching staff and then two years in to your, your five years there – now you've got a whole new coaching staff, guys that didn't bring you in and everything. How did that feel at that point for you from a personal perspective? Sure. Well, I had the utmost respect for the Snyder staff because they recruited me. And I just remember it was such a weird feeling when he was leaving because this is like Coach Bill Snyder is such a legendary coach. He was, yeah. the, he was the only active coach that was in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which is just a testament. But test- he has the stadium named after him while he's still coaching on the sidelines. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a testament to his legacy there. And yeah. I just remember when he came in and he said, all right, guys, um, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, there's a lot of speculation, but for whatever reason, I'm uh, I'm stepping down. I'm no longer going to be your football coach. And and this was after we lost to Iowa State. We were 5-7. and seven. So my first year, we went to the Cactus Bowl. We won. We beat UCLA. My second year, we go 5-7. and seven. Don't go to a bowl. We lose to Iowa State. Uh, it was just really tough. And just then, tough stuff on yeah, tough stuff. Yeah. And, and then, then he just... steps down, and we're like, okay, what's next? Who's coming in? What do we do? Yeah. 
And then Climate Sound came in, and you know they were—I have nothing but praise for them. They've been amazing from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a weird transition. Totally two different worlds, two different coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. Bill Snyder's staff was very traditional, you know, um, hard-nosed, smash-mouth football. They're going to do everything right. They're not going to beat themselves, and that's kind of the culture that we're trying to build with Climate's team as well. But Climate's coaching style is a lot more hands-on, like a more of a player's coach, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, not that Snyder didn't care. He did a lot, but uh, climate is just a lot different, you know, different feng shui, kind of the new wave of college football. Yeah, different approaches. To yeah, the game, so yeah. it was a culture shock at first, but I guess both programs, both styles have their own pros and cons, and both can be successful. Okay. So how did going into now your sophomore year, after your your, your freshman, your redshirt freshman, when did – what did the sophomore season kind of look like for you on the field? Yeah, so I'm, I'll take you back to that spring football um, I was ready to compete at quarterback, and so when I first got to K State, I was like seventh on the depth chart at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then when Snyder leaves, I'm like about tied for third. Yeah, and also with the coaching change, I feel like yeah. it opens up so now. Coaching, you have a completely new offense. Exactly, you could come up and snag the job even if you were still at the seventh spot. At that right, point. right. Which I wasn't. I was in about the middle of the pack, and um, I went in that spring, and it was a new offense, and I did absolutely terrible, mm. awful. I. Literally had a, a sophomore slump. I, you know, felt terrible. What the ball wasn't coming out of my hands well. wasn't spinning it. Didn't understand the offense. I was just so frustrated. Had a couple of things off the field. And I'm just really, really frustrated. Just kept stacking up. Against oh, it you. was it was tough, and I did terrible. And I just I remember I went up to Coach Klein's office, and I was like, Coach, like I'm sorry, like I don't know what's going on. I'm just going through a slump, and like that was their first impression of me, mm-hmm. which hurt. So, I definitely, yeah. Going into my sophomore season, like I knew, like if you're not doing good in the spring, it's hard to get a role in the fall. Yeah. Um, going into the sophomore season, I just didn't play much besides special teams. You know, I was still in the mix. I, I had played since my freshman year, and we had the same special teams coach who kind of led that. So I was very fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. But just frustrated, very frustrating. I would help out with everything. You know, I was trying to be selfless. I was running like scout team quarterback. I was imitating like. Oh, excuse me, like Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. some of the dual threat guys. Um, we actually went to a bowl this year. We were playing the Liberty Bowl against Navy, who had an outstanding quarterback. I can't remember his name, but he, he'll he be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Like, the kid was incredible. Broke all the records. Oh, um, is it Reynolds? Keenan Reynolds? Maybe. That sounds familiar. Maybe something like yeah. that. I think I know who you're talking about because yeah. I, I believe the Ravens ended up taking him in, like, sure. the sixth round. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, I you know, I was running – his plays on scout team trying to get our defense ready and I was running special teams and middle of my sophomore year I actually tore my foot I uh, ruptured my plantar fascia Ooh. yeah popped the fascia right off the bone it was you know I, I was running and I heard a and I was just like what was that and like the people around me heard it too mm-hmm. and I was like I feel alright they're like did your ACL tear or what I was like my knee's fine and it felt like somebody came up behind me and hit my foot with a hammer but that's it. It was a really weird feeling. Was it just kind of a just a pop and that was it? Or was yeah. it like any lingering pain at all? Or was it just... uh, at first no, not a lot of pain. You know, I get a walk off, I'm like a little tender, then I get done with practice, I take my shoe off and it's humongous. It's all my foot's black and blue and mm. swollen and you know, talked to the orthopedic doctor and they kinda said, you know, this is gonna be a couple weeks. So I'm in a boot for a couple weeks and I come back and I'm like, Well, it's already torn, it can't get worse, right? And they're like, Yeah, you can't get worse, which they were right. Uh, but I wasn't, my foot wasn't like at a place where I should have came back and 
Again, young and naive, looking back on it, I made dumb decisions, but I came back like a week or two later <laughs> from a you know a torn foot, and I was walking on the outside of my foot, kind of walking pigeon-toed with my right foot, mm-hmm. and if your foot's not used to it, it's not going to hold up, and I actually had a stress fracture in my third metatarsal. So I tore up my foot, came back way too early, then broke it, and it was tough. That was tough, and that was at the same time I was still trying to help the team out, you know, I was... I wouldn't tell anybody I was hurt. I was just a tough kid, just trying to be selfless. You know? Well, that's the thing is when you're when you're trying to you know climb the ladder and earn these spots, that's the easiest way to do it. I mean, it's the toughest way, but at the same time, like, how can you sit there as a coach and look at this kid that's going out there and trying to kill himself every day at practice and not be like, all right, I got to give this kid a shot. Right, know? right. And because I was able to do that, I remember I was running the scout team quarterback for Navy, running triple option against our defense and. You know, that was one of the things I did at Junction City. So I felt very comfortable with that. And I was doing good. And the coaching staff was like, wow, we didn't know you could move like that. Mm-hmm. We just saw you this spring. You know, this was your first spring. And you didn't move at all. And I was like, yeah, well, that was a different player. I don't know what happened. But I can play. You know, I can play. So mm-hmm. as soon as the season ends, I go up to climbing and I go up to um, our defensive coordinator and I say, I want to come play for you. So it was you that initiated the switch to defense originally? Well, dating back to Snyder, the defensive coordinator for Snyder actually told me several times. He was Coach Siler, who's the head coach at Old Dominion now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he told me, Ryan, come play safety for me. Come play safety for me. You know, you'll be a third string in two weeks as a true freshman. Or, you know, come do it. You know, like, Coach, I, I appreciate that, but I got to give quarterback my due, due diligence. Yeah. I feel, yeah, yeah. you know, my heart's at quarterback. Let I can't think. blame – I don't think anybody can blame you for that either. Yeah. Right. And they, they recruited me. Then a couple couple times with climbing staff, you know, a couple people were able to see my athletics and they're like, yeah, come come play defense. It'll help us out. So I go through the scout team. I show him my athleticism. Um, and I go into his office. I'm like, you know, I'm just not helping the team right now, but I can. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're right. Come on. And they're like, yeah, let's go. Come play defense. We want you. Okay. And it turned from them like this, like, it looked like this light bulb went off above their head and they're like, yeah, we, we could use you at defense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, we were at North Dakota State. We had a guy just like you who switched from quarterback come play defense. And it was hard because I'm not even walking right now. Yeah. Like, it's three, four months after the break and I'm still not walking properly. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to nurse my foot. I switched to defense. I'm ready for spring ball. I'm ready to learn. Pandemic starts. Boom. No coaching, nothing. Mm. So I'm from March to August. I'm at home learning how to play defense. I remember I'm hitting up Ty Zimmerman, who's been an amazing mentor in my life. And I'm with him. And I'm just like, Ty, how can, you know, what can you do to help me? Like, how, you know, what can I learn? Like, I need to soak in everything I can. Anything I can, yeah. Anything, technique, knowledge, playbook, understanding. I didn't understand the plays. How could I run the drills? I've never done a D-back drill before. Well, yeah, you've played quarterback for right. like 10, you know, 10, 12 years at this point since you're in the third grade, I guess, after your first year. So do you feel like playing quarterback helped you understand playing that spot at all? Because, you know, you're, you're able to at least – you're sitting on the other side of the ball. You've got to read this defense before you throw it. Do you feel like that helped you at all, or was that even almost a hindrance to you? No, for sure. I think being on the offensive side of the ball – and playing quarterback helped me understand the game better. And by understanding the game better, I was able to, you know, understand what the quarterback's reads were, his progression, what he was trying to do, how he's trying to manipulate the defense with his eyes, some of his checks. So 
That was a big help, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was hard because that's kind of like the second level of football, next level. And yeah. I was still trying to learn football 101 for defense. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm between a rock and a hard place. And the season rolls around. Um, we have so many guys down with COVID. I'm playing strong safety. I'm doing really good at strong safety. Mm-hmm. And I think three, four days, maybe a week before our first game, it's Arkansas State, which the season got pushed back, got rescheduled. Our, yeah. We picked up Arkansas State. Three, four, you know, a week before the first game, um, we had a, a, one of my best friends go down with COVID, and I had to switch to free safety. An entirely new position. I know it doesn't sound that intricate, but... It I, is. I'm telling it, you. Yeah. For anyone that knows the game, definitely knows that that's definitely a position switch. Yeah. Um, played against Arkansas State. Did not have my best game at all. I literally been at the position for like a week. I wasn't comfortable, but hats off to Coach Kleiman and his staff because a lot of programs during the coronavirus didn't play. You know, if they had one or two players out, we're not playing. We're not going to do it. We're not going to risk it. But Kleiman's staff was adamant on we're going to go out there and compete with what we have, which. I mean, it could have, you know, looking back on it, it could have saved us from a couple games where we just weren't prepared. Yeah. But we went out there. I think I had seven tackles that game, or six or seven tackles. Not my best game by any means. Definitely had a couple plays I want to get back. But um, then, boom, positive test comes up because the COVID protocols are crazy. We're getting tested three, four times a week. Yeah. I get the news that you have COVID. Mm -hmm. So I'm out. And I missed like two, three games my junior season. I missed Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Who's Oklahoma's quarterback at the time? Do you remember? That was Spencer Rattler's first year. So this was last season. Just last season. Yeah, man. We played OU in Oklahoma. And I was sitting at home watching it on the couch in quarantine. It was awful. That's got to stink. Yeah, I see the boys beating top five team in the nation on national TV. Like, it was hype. But uh, it was just tough because I'm sitting at home. You wish you were there. 100%. Wish I was playing. Yeah. Um, but then I come back, and you know, strong safety at this time. J Mac, John McPherson, who actually played at Butler, mm-hmm. um, really started to excel at strong safety. He didn't even start the year at strong safety; he was at free safety. He started to excel and really kind of you know solidified his spot there, which I understood. Like he was a better player than me at the time at strong safety, so he won the job. Mm-hmm. And free safety, I was never a free safety from the start. I just had to play it for Arkansas State. Yeah, and the coaching staff like. I just sat. I kind of rode the bench. I think my first game back was like TCU. I kind of rode the bench, and uh, I played special teams, but I wasn't in on defense. And they came to me, and they're like, Ryan, like, you are too good of a player to ride the bench right now. We could use you immediately. But we don't know if safety, if it's going to work out right now. We have some guys, you know, who really solidified themselves, and this coronavirus messed you up. You've been out for, I think I was out for like 28 days or something crazy. I don't know. We might have had a bye week, too. Mm. We did have a bye week. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so two games in, in three weeks total that you yeah, yeah, weren't yeah. able to do anything? Yeah, something like that. I'm not specific on the numbers, but I, it felt like eternity. Yeah, it always does. Especially yeah. in the middle of a season. Um, so they're like, yeah, we could use your help. What, how would you feel about playing linebacker? Ooh. Yeah, and I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, sure, coach. Yeah, yeah sure, I'm all for it. Yeah. Literally. Doing what any kid would at that point, yeah. Literally several days later, I'm playing linebacker in a game against, excuse me, we played Iowa State, KU, I played, didn't know anything, didn't mm-hmm. know a thing about it, but they trusted me and they believed in me and thought thought it's a much better fit for me. 
like I think I'm a physical football player and putting me in the box was, you know, a lot better of a move and um, was able to get my feet wet and some good experience. And I'm learning from some good players that were ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So it, in like looking back on all the special teams that I played really helped me to translate those skills, whether it's taking on a block, blocking, tackling, just a lot of football one-on-one that you don't learn at quarterback. I was able to apply um, to linebacker, so much better fit is where I'm at now. Um, yeah. Do you when you were at strong safety? Do you feel like you were kind of more of a run support strong safety at the start? Yeah. So the way our defense was set up, the strong safety was much more in the box, kind of like a linebacker. Yeah. That's why it was a good fit for me. So it's a little bit easier of a transition. It's definitely a right. tough transition right. to make, but it's not as hard as going right. for like free safety. Yeah. yeah, free safety's tough. I mean, free safety is like a much smaller, quicker guy. Definitely not my body type. You know, I'm just under six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds right now. Mm-hmm. So linebacker's a much better fit for me and my body type. So I've kind of I, I was looking at your profile on K State's website and everything. It's looking I'm looking year by year, and I see six one across the board, mm-hmm. but I see. 190, 195, 210, 215, now 220. Right. What has kind of been the key for you? Has it been the the, the training program here at K-State? Or what's been kind of the gain? Because you've been putting on, you know, 5, 10, almost 15 pounds every single year going into each year. Yeah, it's just kind of the regiment with which we train. Um, our nutrition staff does an incredible job as far as our meals, um, protein intake, Really just a lot of hard work and, and commitment to your diet. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's one of the hardest things to do. Now, granted, it's yeah. I've always struggled with that. I've sure. always been that kid that's a little bit on the on the heavier side and everything. But, like, that's the – because that's stuff that you got to do every day. Well, you know, see, that's not, this is the difference between, like, I see people that you're talking about a diet versus my perspective. So when we go into a fall camp practice in August and it's 100 degrees mm-hmm. and we lose seven pounds in two hours – but it's your job to get the seven pounds back before your next practice. Yeah. Like, it's not like you should get the seven pounds back. It's your job. You have to. Okay. Yeah. You, you got to eat. You're not hungry. You feel like dying. Yeah. You got to push the fluids. You got to eat. And you got to put the weight back on. And that's just no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Like, if you're a lineman, you got to lose weight. What's your job to lose weight? Yeah. That's why, you know, you're on scholarship to lose weight. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm on scholarship to gain weight. And, like, it's more than just a, you should do it. So they provide all the resources. You know, they're going to give you the food, the protein. They're going to give you what to eat, when to eat, the how to do it, the why. So mm-hmm. if, as long as you're able to stick to it, be committed to it, I feel like you can do it. But also a lot of hard work in the weight room too. Gotcha, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's key for any player, especially at a D1 level. What? So now you're at linebacker. You're kind of sitting in this spot. Do you have kind of like a, a, a player that you specifically watch a lot that you try to model after? Or like what's kind of your mindset? Who are you trying to play like when you're out on the field? I'm just trying to be myself, honestly. Mm-hmm. And looking back on that, I played defense my elementary career. And that's about it. Yeah. Not middle school, not high school. And I remember in elementary, I was just fearless tenacious and you know it's crazy I'm talking about my fifth grade self I'm a D1 football player now but I don't really say like hey like I want to model my game like anybody I see glimpses of players that I really like you know styles that I'm more so fit to and styles that I'm not and just who I try to be on the field is somebody that's hard nosed somebody that's gonna play 110 miles an hour every snap 
you know, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I don't care. I'm going to play the hardest. I'm going to play with the biggest heart. And as long as I can stick to that identity, I feel like I'm playing like myself. And I compare myself to the best version I can be. Mm -hmm. I know my potential. I know my assignment, whether I'm assignment sound or not. I know how physical I can be. So who I look up to is kind of like my... You know, peak performance self. Well, what you see in yourself that nobody else has seen yet. Exactly. Sure. Okay. So, so what do you think? Like your play style as a linebacker. You know, you're sitting here. If you had to try to explain to someone that's never seen you play, maybe not a player, but just a play style. Like I like to play in coverage a lot. I feel like I excel mm-hmm. there. I love going through the a gap and mashing a running back there, sure. like sideline to sideline. Where? How do you? Where do you feel like you excel the most at on defense? Well, I think I'm. Decent in pass coverage because, you know, coming from a DB, the linebacker coverage is a lot easier. Um, I just feel like I'm a fast linebacker. I'm able to play harder than people. Um, I'm going to not be myself. I'm going to know my assignment. I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability. So just a really solid, like, fundamental, like, one of those. That that fundamental guy in the middle of the field. And also, you're going to have to kill me to beat me. You know, like, I'm just, that's my mentality. Like, I go out there and it's between the white lines. I'm trying to be a warrior and absolutely give my body for the team and put this. Put the team first. So. Okay, so you feel like you're more of like where your strength is at is in your head, your mental toughness and everything that you bring to the field is there? No doubt, and that's that's 80% of the game that people don't even realize. You know, mm-hmm. you can have all the intangibles in the world and amount to nothing, and you see guys that have way less than me that do way more than me. Yeah. So I think it's so much about the mental aspect and where your head's at. Okay. So coming out of the last thing I think I want to talk about is like, so you're going into your senior season now, correct? Yes, currently. So, so with, first of all, how did COVID affect that? And like how many years of eligibility do you have kind of? And sure. That look so like? at the beginning of this podcast, I said you have five years, like five calendar years to play four seasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming up on my fifth calendar year, my fourth season, because I spared one because of the red shirt in 2017. Yeah. So I'm coming on my true senior season. And because of COVID, everybody was granted what the NCAA calls a blanket red shirt. So every single player, whether you played one snap or you played a thousand, doesn't matter. You got a red shirt this year. Mm -hmm. And that is 100% up to the program and the player. So if I wanted to, could I come back and play in fall 2022? Potentially I could. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a decision that I don't know about right now. Well, it's hundred. I mean, I think that comes back down to all like the decisions. Like you, two weeks before a week before signing day, you didn't even know if you were going to put on the purple and silver. So I don't think anybody can judge you for saying that you're kind of up in the air on whether you want to do that or not. Sure, yeah. sure. And I'm not partial in any way. Um, more so, my focus is this season right now. I can't control next season right now. Yeah. I can only control this season. So I'm not even not even worried about it. I'm just worried about being the best player I can be right now. And, you know, whatever happens and when it's time to make that decision, that'll come. So for everyone kind of listening at home, whether it's Jefferson City, Manhattan, or maybe even back home in Albuquerque, like what what should these guys expect from you coming into your, into your true senior season? Yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a, you know, Conor McGregor, oh, I'm going to do this or that. You're mm-hmm. just – Things I can promise is that I'm going to be a better football player than I was. Yeah, I've showed that every single year. Um, I've progressed so much. I'm so excited to show the hard work I've put in. I expect to be a huge contributor on our team. Uh, I'm a leader. I want to be a captain. I just want to come out and I, I can 
promise you that no matter what my stat line looks like, you're going to get a tenacious, hardworking player out of me. Gotcha. Are, are you going to play a lot of special teams this well this year as well, or are you transitioning to more into just defense at this point? No, I plan on starting on defense and all special teams. And all special teams? Okay. So so I think that's kind of the from the, the, the professional football aspect of it. Now I'm kind of more as a fan, like – who do you think is like the biggest name that you've played against while you're at K-State? If you had to look at the NFL and you're like, look at all these guys, you know, if you end up not playing next year and this is kind of, you know, the last ride, you know, four or five years from now or 10, 15 years from now, you have a kid or whatever down the line, who's that guy in the NFL that you're like, I played against that guy in college. Like, who's that guy for you? Yes, I don't know if there's one. And we've played so many great names and great faces looking back, you know, I played OU's triage of quarterbacks and Spencer Rattler's adding to the fourth. So that started with um, Baker Mayfield, then who was it? Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, or might have them backwards. Anyway, I can't yeah. remember. I always yeah, get it mixed anyway, up. Anyway, um, I'm just trying to list off guys right now. Spencer Rattler's a good player. He'll be good. Sam Ellinger. Um, mm. There's been some really good linebackers, defensive line. Mississippi State had some talent on the defensive line. Um, shoot. Trying to think. OU's quarterback definitely the one. OU's that good. Out. Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State. Um, the receiver we played against against Arkansas State, he was legit. I don't even remember the kid's name, but that kid's going to be playing on Sundays. Um, I played with some special talent. Skylar Thompson, my roommate, is a great player. He's been at K State, it seems like forever. Deuce Vaughn's a great player. Malik Knowles, I played with Dalton Schoen, Byron Pringle, Isaiah Suber. They're in the league now. Mm. Um, who else? Dalton Reisner. Great player. Uh, yeah, putting a CD Lamb. Shoot, there's literally a, probably a list of several, like at least 100 guys are in the league right now that, you know, I've played a lot of games. That's um, crazy. Was there anybody in high school that you played against that you can remember? Like, you played against in high school and now you're looking to be either at a college level or at a pro level and you're like, I played that guy in high school. That's kind of ridiculous to think about. Right, so number one was Josh Revis playing against him. He, he was at Hutch. Um, let me see. Mike McCoy was at Topeka High. Mm. Played with him for a little bit. Okay. He actually had to retire, but he was an incredible player at K-State during his tenure mm-hmm. when he was healthy. Um, we did some camps at KU going into my senior year, maybe junior year, and we played against some Olathe schools. I remember we played against Isaiah Simmons. He was wow. at Clemson. Now he's with the Cardinals. Yep, yep. We played Wichita East, had Xavier Kelly. Yep. Who was with Clemson, then went to Arkansas. I think now he's with the Ravens. Yep, he got picked up as an undrafted free agent. I remember that one, yep. Let me see. Um, Wyatt Huber, he was my roommate. Great player. He played for Shawnee Heights. Um, played with me at K-State. Now he's just got drafted to the Bengals. One of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's definitely a list. Guys. Yeah. Is that a cool thing for you to kind of look back on? Like if, if this is, whether it's this year or next year, is that going to be something that you don't think you're ever going to close the yearbook on? Sure. Like, well, I mean, what's more important to me about that, you know, for lack of better words, the clout of knowing those guys, like mm-hmm. Wyatt, Wyatt Skyler, who I just wish nothing but the best, and hopefully they have really prominent NFL careers, however long it is. What's more important to me is that they're, you know, the camaraderie that I've developed with them. Just they're great yeah. guys, and it's it's great, you know, like, but once, you know, at first you're like, oh, wow, he's an NFL player. But it kind of, you take a step back and you're like. Does it wear off quick? Well, not just it wears off quick, but I'm just kind of used to it at the point. Like, you know, like that's what everybody's goal is to make the NFL. And that's great. If it works out, great for you. But what are you like as a human being? You know, Skylar, Wyatt, they're great guys. They're great friends. And that's really what's more important to me. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, definitely I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I played against this kid or that kid, and that, that, that's cool, but it's not something I really think about. Okay, okay. Um, and then, so you're getting more playing time. I'm going to jump back. I know I said no, I you're good. Jump back. So a little bit of a redirect, but so you're getting a lot more playing time this year, starting on defense, starting on special teams. Um, so how how do you feel going in, I think, with this coming out, hopefully – you're going to see a little bit of spike from from maybe some people in Junction City. How does it feel to kind of be – I feel like a lot of college players don't get the the benefit of being, you know, 30, 45 minutes away from where they played high school at. Does Do you feel like an extra boost of fans that you kind of get, you know, every Saturday when you go out to play from, from Junction City? Well, in a sense, yes. I just – hands – like, hats off to the Junction City people. They're amazing. You know, I've had this support group. High school friends, I mean, Ashay, so many high school friends, high school, um, you know, teachers, just people I know in the community, family that just pour into me. And, you know, they say it takes a village to raise someone. And, and I just, you know, everybody that I've interacted in my life has played an instrumental role in helping me get to where I am. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have their support. So that's something that I'm really appreciative for. Now, some people feel like that when they're from the city of Dallas. They have the city of Dallas behind them. And yeah, Junction City is definitely unique. It's not the size of Dallas by any means. It's you know a small town, but I'm very appreciative of the people that support me, and I can definitely feel their help and their presence. And it, it's awesome to be so close to home. Gotcha. Yeah. So so back out of the out of that realm again. Like, give me kind of the basis day for you. Now maybe we might have to do two. Two parts to this because obviously I think with COVID or even now we're kind of out of COVID but we're not like what is the day the average day in the life of a college athlete for you because I feel like it gets talked about a lot like people are like ah college athletes are crazy they have such a crazy schedule but at the same time I feel like people don't realize what you guys have to go through on a daily basis right yeah feel free to ask away any questions that's funny um so today is our summer training regiment and probably the easiest time of the year. So today I woke up at 5.15, got up, got to the facility, did my warm-up, got ready, had a 6 a.m. run. Um, after the run was done, we just had a little team meeting, talked for a little bit. Then we had a 7-on-7 seven seven session for, I don't know, an hour, 15 minutes. After you know, The team run is just, first off, let me just stop there. The team run is hard. Mm-hmm. How long is the run? About an hour. An hour of sprinting. Ooh. Yeah, so, like, I mean, there's so many different variations, but that's hard, first off. Okay, then we go into seven on seven. No pads still? No pads. Okay. We're not padded up until fall camp, which is in August. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so this is a player-led thing, and it gets real competitive. It's really fun. Um, no coaches are there, so it's on us. Then got done with that. Had breakfast. Got done with breakfast. Showered up. As soon as I got done showered, I got ready and went to work out. I lifted. This is at 9.30. So I'm Work out again? Yeah, this is in the weight room now. Gotcha, okay. So then I worked out for an hour and a half. We had a crazy good workout today. Um, is that player-led too or is that another? No, this coaching? is our weight staff. Is okay, there. gotcha. So they, they facilitate the running and the lifting portion. Gotcha. So we were in there lifting today, and we have a new strength coach. It's uh, Coach True, Tremaine Carroll. He came from South Florida. He's been in the SEC for a while. He was with Arkansas. He's been... Somewhere in Texas, maybe SMU or Houston. He's also, I think he might have been the Big 12 like Oklahoma State, but very, very um, sought-after coach, and he's doing a great job of running things. So run, 7-on-7, seven seven, workout, 
I'm off. Have another meal tonight. I'm going to get a film study in. Going to get some recovery in. Um, it's probably the easiest day I'll have. Gotcha. Yeah. So what is what is the average day look like for you during the season? So say it's so, yeah. We'll we'll do like like a like a Wednesday or a Thursday. So not game day, but we're in the middle of the week. Sure. Well, I'll say first there's camp, fall camp. Gotcha. And this is our August period before school starts, and it's it's tough. It's probably the worst part of being a college athlete. We're there from about six a.m. to nine ten p.m. every day for about two three weeks. Um, it's packed. There are days packed. We have workouts, we, you know, we have meetings, meals, probably four or five meals a day, two and a half, three hour practice. You'll have a recovery session. You'll have mandatory ice baths. Um, like literally, it's to the point where we have mandatory Gatorade intakes where they will come and make sure we drink Gatorade just because we're exerting that much energy and we're in such a caloric deficit. Mm-hmm nutrition wise and they just make you drink a whole Gatorade several times a day like in front of them but uh, mandatory ice baths literally everything's mandatory uh, so many meals meetings we're probably it's like football school think about just in learning about football for 8 hours a day with practices with workouts with uh, different team bonding stuff and it turns into about 6am to 9pm 10pm mm-hmm. and that's about 2-3 weeks then once you roll into the season you have a little more established schedule like a Wednesday, you said, um, wake up, work out, go to meals, shower up, go to class for a couple hours, um, film study, practice in the afternoon. We'll have meetings, excuse me, a couple hours of meetings, then a couple hour long practice, get done, watch the practice on film, go to dinner, homework, repeat. You're doing that from September to December. Gotcha. So what is... What does your time outside of those two schedules look like for, for in the fall and August camp and then during the school year? Like My time as far as like what I like to do personally? Yeah, like, well, even, so, I mean, you're there from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. What is what is 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. look like for you? So that's August. Um, that's just the month of August for fall camp. So yeah. It's sleep. Is it literally, just sleep? Literally, literally you're nothing. just exhausted. But during fall camp, you know. Um, hanging out with friends, spending time with my girlfriend, F- family's real close. Um, not a whole, not a whole lot, but you know, it's a good time after Saturday, after you know, a good game if we win. Sundays are usually pretty relaxed. Um, once you get to Thursday in the week, it's really easy mm-hmm. because Friday we have off, no practice. We're practicing four times a week. Thursday is an easy practice, kind of run through. So is Monday. So Tuesday and Wednesday are your hard days. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're in college, you know. Like, there's highs and lows of being a college athlete and just like any college student. But I think the highs and lows are just magnified for a college athlete. Like the lows, people will complain like, yeah, I have an 8 a.m. class. Well, that's great. You get an 8 a.m. class. I had to wake up at 5. I had a 6 a.m. run, a 7 a.m. lift, meal, shower, and be here at the same 8 a.m. class. Yeah. Like this is the easiest part of my day. You know, so the lows are a lot lower, but the highs, I mean, you know, making a play in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I mean, it's just with 50,000 fans. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's special. Something that you can't really put any type of words to. It's even that one. We're not even talking about like a game-winning play or like the win itself. We're talking about making one tackle where you can stand up and you're like, "I did exactly what I should have done in that situation." Like that, and just being a part of the team, walking out of the tunnel is always special too. Just knowing all these people are coming to see you play, and you're just a part of something so much bigger. There's just generations of football players and 
K-State lineage that is looking forward to this game. So mm-hmm. it's, it's important. And I also saw, like, when I was doing, you know, my little preliminary research and everything, I saw you were all Big 12, like, academic team or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was all four years, all five? Or all four? Yeah, um, four years. Let's see. I think you were. No, four years. Yeah, I think uh, I think last season was my fourth time winning it. Three or four, whatever. It, Three or four. As many times I've been playing. So what that award is, it's um, first team academic all Big 12, and you have to meet a certain GPA level for it, and you have to be playing a certain amount of snaps. Gotcha, so okay. It's something I'm very proud of. Um, I've been able to maintain a, a good GPA while being able to contribute on the field, and it's a little bit of both of that saying – this kid is able to excel in the classroom and contribute on the field. So, Is that something that you've always strived for even through high school and everything? Or is that something you kind of got here and you're like, well, i got to make sure I take everything I do here seriously? No, I've always, you know, high school I was that 4.0 kid or probably 3.99 or 3.98. Yeah. Literally, I think I was one class away from a 4.0 in graduation. Um, you know, but I was always, you know, a very high-achieving student. And... It's harder to be that high achieving once you get to college. Yeah, it definitely is. Because your schedule rackets up. You have a lot more on your plate now. And also the competition. Like, you're at a college level. There's people that have done that 4.0 or even higher through high school that are also here now as well. Right. And when – I mean, I'm not trying to make any excuse because there's a lot of people that work their way through college too that have it just as hard. But literally when you're done with football, it's your responsibility to keep – learning football, watching film, you yeah. know, studying the playbook, game plan, opponent scout. There's so many things you can do. But when you get done, the last thing on your mind, for example, is like a freshman, you're not thinking about college algebra. Yeah, You're thinking about, not. oh, you know, my coach. I don't even want to think about that. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, I mean, and, and well, it's no different from a normal student. Really, I don't mean to make like a soft story for athletes, but it's tough to have a – 4.0 in college, and they, yeah. hats off to the guys that do it. It's tough to have a 4.0 in college. It's definitely even another thing to do it as an athlete. And it's just – it's not that you're trying to make it a sob story or anything. It's just the schedules alone, like, are two very different things. So do you feel like – like, what is – as you as a person, like, I was very gifted growing up. I kind of fell into a lot of grades growing up, and then once I got to high school, I had a difficult time, like, motivating myself to do homework and everything. Do you get your grades like were you like a gifted kid growing up or like you were having to sit here and work and work and work? Because I've had friends that have gotten the same grades or better than me because they sat there and put six hours in where I was able to just go in and take the test and be fine. Right. Well, I definitely wasn't as gifted as you're explaining. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm very grateful. I think some of the classroom curriculum and material came easy to me growing up. Once I got to high school and started taking some of the harder classes, I – probably got a couple of bad grades and was like, okay, I need to try. And I think a mix of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not, not the best reader. I'm not the best with words or the English language, but, um, same for math too. I'm not the best with numbers, but I took a vested interest in both of them and put forth effort. So a little bit of effort and a little bit of natural ability, I guess, probably more effort, honestly. There this comes the same thing back to football again is hundred percent, hundred ten percent of what you can give in in the classroom, on the field, and everywhere else. Sure, like. exactly, exactly. And I, I realized that I need to give a, a lot of effort to be good in school, especially at the college level, and 
it's hard to give that effort sometimes, but um, I think I definitely figured it out now. What do you think is easy? Like, so if you're waking up on a Saturday, say you have the day off, somebody asks you, like, you have to give 110% effort in the classroom today, or you have to give 110% on the football field for the rest of the day? Which one would you rather do? Yeah, definitely would rather do football. Um, okay. But it just comes with balance and just knowing where to spend your time. They say there's this tree out of college football. You know, you have your social life, your academic life, and your football performance life. Mm-hmm. And they say to pick two. Mm-hmm. You can't have three. Yeah, you can, you can be good at football, and you can have your good social life. I mean, you can go out and party, you can you know hang out with friends, do what you need to do, whatever whatever that looks like for you. But you're not going to be good in school, or yeah. you pick school and social, then you're not going to you're not going to get the sleep you need. You're not going to take care of your nutrition, your body, your football is going to struggle. Or if you take care of your academics and your football, people are going to where are you? What are you doing? You're socially not going to be available. Yeah. So it's kind of this triad that I've been. Learning to balance, and it's a continuous growth thing. So, Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think. I just had another question. I lost it. Um, do you feel like you get a lot of your social life with football? Because I feel like with that triad, a lot of people are just assuming that like your social life doesn't exist. But a lot of people don't realize that all that time in football is more of a social life than you can get outside of it sometimes. Sure, and I think I get my social life from there. Just like anybody, people hang out with people that you relate to. Mm-hmm. And I relate to the football players because we go through the same struggles. You know, yeah. we deal with coaching staff issues. We deal with uh, our performance issues. We deal with, you know, whatever issues that a football player can have, we deal with it together. Yeah. So it's easy to relate, just like anybody else would. You relate to coworkers and stuff. Um, but I think one thing to know is that I am just like a regular human being too. You know, sometimes yeah. we're... It's we're, so easy to put people on that pedestal. Like, especially when you... You're looking at college athletes, that's a pedestal. And then even when you come to like guys that are looking at, at being drafted, like when you talk about Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, all these guys, that it's easy to also put them on an extra pedestal above that as well. No doubt. And just like walking through campus or on the class and like in the classroom, like I think people are able to, you know, pick out that you're an athlete. Yeah. Because A, your size, stature, your name image likeness or you know, people recognize you through social media or just your gear. I mean, and, you know, early in my career, I was like, yeah, I'm a student athlete. So, what? like, I'm just a regular kid. And people were kind of, like, hesitant to approach me. Like, you could kind of see people were looking at me and just yeah. everybody gets this. I'm not even, like, a high-level prominent athlete to compare to some people. And it was just kind of weird. Like, I'm literally – football is something I do. It's not who I am. But that was, yeah. that was kind of a cool thing to learn about. Um, and do you, like – I just had another one and I lost it again. Um, man. No, you're good. That's, I hate, I hate when you're that good. happens. You can okay, me. so the name image likeness, Bill. Like, coming, I mean, obviously it's easy for us, for me and Shay to sit on the outside and talk about it. It's easy for the analysts to talk about it. What is kind of your opinion, your take on it from from a college athlete's perspective? Sure, so those who don't know, name image likeness was a bill, waiver, whatever, rule passed by the NCAA that allows players to profit off their name, image, and likeness, which in some sort makes them professional. You know, we can get sponsorships now, we can do deals, we can host camps, we can do anything, we can promote our businesses, things that were a violation of NCAA rule before are now um, allowed as of July 1st of 2021. So 
I'm kind of, you know, in the end of my career. Yeah. So it's tough to leverage the things that some of the young guys will have. It's definitely, in the long run, going to be huge. It's going to change the face of college football. Mm-hmm. Just because you have, I don't know, say you – you can get into so many examples, but it's just going to change the face of recruiting. I think it it's good for the athletes, no doubt. It's definitely going to monetize. There's going to be some negative things that come out of it. Well, yeah, that's – I mean, that's life, though. Not everything's a positive. And I think that's one thing that kind of held the bill in the wings for such a long time is everyone's like, well, then it's just going to be a bidding war for athletes and, like, the colleges were going to start paying for people. And it's just – you've got to take some negatives along the way. Not everything's going to be positive. Right. And there's going to be so many wrinkles that they have to iron out and gymnastics to juggle. And yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to see that. It's going to be interesting for a lot of the young guys that have four or five years left in their career, and mm. especially like the recruiting process, because I promise you the game is going to look a lot different because of it. I don't know for the good, I don't know for the bad, um, but it, it's interesting. But I'm all for it. I'm all for the athletes and, and their opportunity to promote themselves and further any financial opportunities that exist. Are you so outside of football, outside of school and everything? Like, what are the things that you like to do, kind of in your pastime, in your free time, outside of hanging with family? Obviously, that's that's a big thing. I can tell you're a family guy. Yeah. You spend a lot of time with your family and your girlfriend and everything. What do you kind of do to hang out outside of that? What's your pastime? Your favorite thing to do? So shoot a bunch of stuff. You know, we spend my roommates and I spend a bunch of time out at Milford Lake. We like to hang out. Um, Shoot, literally a lot, um, hunting, fishing, it's all fun and games, literally, we find stuff to do, we literally just got a Wii set up in our living room, we've been bringing back Wii Sports, having some tournaments, Mario Kart, I know that sounds lame, I, hey man, I mean, but it's, when you're in the moment of that, like, there's nothing better than when you have Prime, you have people that are playing, those games with you, there's nothing better. Oh, it's a good time. I will never shame anybody for it. Especially Wii Tennis. I'll call out anybody that wants to play me at Wii Tennis. I'll put money on that. You can't beat me. I'm a little rusty, but I might dust off the controller here. We might have a go. We can go at it, man, but uh, I don't know if I've ever lost in Wii Tennis. I'm pretty good at that. That and Checkers is like, I was our fifth grade Spring Valley Elementary Checkers champion. And I'm, it's probably one of the greatest feats in my career. I'll that's the, that's that. the key trophy in the trophy case right there. It's yeah, that, that checkers trophy. To this day, that anybody that wants to play checkers, I will play them and destroy them. But that's all right. Um, but <laughs> oh, we got to brag at some point, sure, right? Sure, We've been sure, being sure. humble for an hour now. Yeah. I'm terrible at football. Great at checkers. <laughs> <laughs> There's your headline right there. There's the episode. We're good, right? Uh, but free time. Shoot, I I picked up the guitar. Literally, we like to listen to country music. Um, listen to everything. We play volleyball. We we do it all. I think we're a pretty fun house. It's me, Skylar Thompson, Cody Fletcher, Ross Elder, so all football guys. Um, we just hang out. But our, our time is consumed with football. So. Yeah. It sounds like as long as you're with the right people, you're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all anybody can ever ask for at the end of the day. Um, so with the name, image, likeness, obviously the big, the, I think the, the overarching headline has been like, NCAA football might be coming back to as a video game again. Do you think if if it were to happen, you know, you say you play another year and they get another game out, has that been anything that you've thought about that there's a chance that you're in a video game in the next two years? The video game specifically, I haven't put much thought to it, mm-hmm. but the fact that name image likeness is now available yeah. is a very enticing factor for me to come back for a sixth year. Yeah. Because I have, you know, my parents are both um, – entrepreneurs and sole proprietors and they have their own 
businesses and they do real well with that in Junction City and Manhattan and the surrounding communities. And I am very excited to go into business. I'm excited for my life after football. Mm-hmm. So opening the door for me to do a couple things while I'm still playing football potentially next year, uh, it's very enticing to come back. Mm-hmm. So the whole video game, not so much, but I do have some ideas in my head that are just kind of you know floating in the back of my head. Gotcha. All right. Uh, is there anything, anybody you want to shout out you feel like we didn't talk about at all? Like, I mean, are there any, actually, one last question. Are there any teammates along the way that you feel like I've got to, I've got to say their names, whether you said them already or not, that have kind of influenced you, that you feel like I would not be here today without this guy? Yeah, that's tough. There's so many people that have poured into my life, kind of like I mentioned earlier. Uh, first off, my parents always do, you know, it's funny. People always ask me this question when I'm doing interviews and, um, radio shows or whatever but you know my parents first and foremost and my roommates now like I said again Skylar Cody Ross they're great guys um they're they're just amazing they've helped me so much on the football field Cody's in my position group he's an inside linebacker I'm outside and he's helped me a bunch and just great people literally I I'm so grateful for the amazing people in my life that pour into me and just or it's so much more in the game of football so much more than football uh so much more than school and, and I just appreciate them as human beings. Mm-hmm. And then is there anybody that you didn't think we talked about or anything we didn't talk about that you feel like, man, I can't sit here and talk for an hour and a half and not mention this guy or this thing? No, no, not really. I mean, we covered it. I'm, I'm open to talking about anything. I feel like one thing about me that people don't know is that I'm a super deep and intricate person, just like everybody is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I know this entire podcast consists of football. Yeah. But, Trust me, I have my thoughts on you know anything, like literally anything. I love to, I love to talk. I, you know, you can ask me any question about you know whatever. What's What's your favorite thing to talk about outside of outside of sports in general? We'll just cover all sports. So it's like politics. Is it music? Is it what is it? Love what's... Love music. Love politics. I love the Lord. I just got baptized this spring, so that's really important, dear to me. Um, but I'm really big into politics. I love picking people's brains. You know, like I'm not. A Republican or a Democrat. I'm really, I'm not registered or affiliated with any political party, but I love just listening to both sides mm-hmm. and um, kind of asking people kind of, you know, kind of pesky questions like, well, why do you think this? Well, why this? Well, what about this? You know? I think that's the way it should be, though. Yeah. Like, if you can't think for yourself, like, if you're just, if you're so brainwashed to just be a part of a political party where you can't have your own thoughts and opinions, I just don't think you're doing it right. I, I feel like that's such a thing that gets lost in today's day and age with the two-party system, especially when it comes to politics. Like, I feel like everybody is like, everything is answered by a yes or no question, and that is not how life works at all. Like, right. I feel like I'm, I'm a lot the same way in that way. is like, because it shouldn't, there shouldn't be some blanket statement. There shouldn't be some blanket view. Um, I don't know. I, I agree with you a lot. I think we probably are going to have an episode two come along at some sure, point. Sure. We kind of have the basics out of the way. Yeah. I think we can open up and talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah, we need to do it in the second episode. You can ask me about anything, man. Politics, shoot, controversies, conspiracies, aliens. It don't are you a big conspiracy theory guy? Though? I actually love conspiracy theories. You do? Okay. I love them. Literally, I, I know just about every single one in the book. Group. Okay. And then when it comes to music... Like, are you a big country guy? Do you like all music? Kind of where do you fall along that line as well? So, you meet Ryan Hennington 365 days ago. I know maybe one or two country songs. Mm-hmm. And, 
You know, I'm a big believer in who you surround yourself with is who you become. Now, I love country music, (laughs) and I kind of like the bluegrass country. Uh, You know, I also like the red dirt at Texas country, and that's straight from my buddy Cody. But I also listen to everything. You know, I'm listening to mainstream rap artists, you know, Drake, literally everything, um, anything hip-hop. So who's your favorite country artist, and who's your favorite artist outside of country in general? Country artists, I like low-key guys. Like I don't even think anybody listening to this would know of like Tyler Childers, Zach Bryan, some really good names. And then outside, obviously, I've been a Drake fan, been riding the Drake wave forever. Travis Scott's good. Um, literally, any anybody in hip hop, like I'm listening to all the TikTok bops. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't escape it. It's that's the day and age we live in today. Right. So I definitely think we're gonna have an episode two, and also. More back into sports. Any favorite sports teams out there that anybody should like? like? People don't know I'm a San Diego. Well, what San Diego? Excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers fan. Okay. We're terrible. We don't win ever. Um, well, I mean, we're we're looking up, especially at the quarterback position. Aren't sure, you now? sure. Guy. Yeah, uh, I've got the Oregon Herbert in there. But, Herbert um, in the building. But you know, I'm not not a huge sports fan, honestly. It's kind of crazy, but I like the end of, I like the Chargers, but we're terrible, so I don't even watch them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not big into watching sports. Was there anything that got you into the Chargers? It was kind of like yeah, K State fan through family. Darren Sproles got drafted to the char the uh, San Diego Chargers back yeah. in whenever you oh six maybe don't, earlier. Don't even know. I'm not 100 percent certain either. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of the first spark of interest. But terrible team. We're we're awful. <laughs> but hopefully we'll win a Super Bowl in the next 15, 20 years. You'll get there. I mean, yeah. that's the hope, obviously. But I think every team is going to have their time, and I definitely think the Chargers are looking up. So I definitely think we're going to have an episode two down the line where we can talk a lot more freely. And, hell, there might even be an episode of BDL in the future where we can get, you know, us three plus Samari on, and it's going to be a lot of fun at that point as well. So let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time for us. I think that's all we got. So – Anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me on. Shout out Boys Don't Lie podcast. Had a great time. Looking forward to doing it again. All right. Yeah, you guys heard the man. We're going to get out of here. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Episode 20 is coming. Bonuses are coming. We've got a lot coming. I'm beyond excited for everything we're doing. So make sure you keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open because we're going to be everywhere. We'll see you guys next week.